Welcome to the Tripod World Cup punting preview and we are already through to the semi-finals of the World Cup. There's only four games to go. There's only four teams remaining. I'm going to talk briefly about the weekend action, the four quarterfinals, uh, which was pretty shocking. I think the bookies would have done pretty well because pretty much every game was pretty hard to predict. Um, I guess only one favourite actually winning in regulation time. Plenty of people would have been on the underdog in that one, being England-France, including me. And I'm pretty gutted for England, but I'm going to talk about uh, that. Tom's not joining me tonight. He's overseas, but he will join us digitally anyway. He has sent us through some videos. And I'd like you guys to share your comments along the way and allow um, me to interact with them. Now, just seeing what do we put on the screen here. Let's put up the updated tournament odds if we can. France now, by virtue of drawing Morocco, into $2.10 to win the tournament. Argentina, I think, two sixty. Croatia around the $8 mark with Morocco 11s. Uh, I'm going to share my thoughts on each of the four quarterfinals games, but, in fact, first of all, I will give Tom the floor to tell us how he saw the four matches. Good day, Tripod fan. Uh, here to review the quarterfinals that we've just seen. Uh, obviously, a few surprise results in there, most notably Morocco and Croatia. Uh, so well done to both of those countries for making it through to the next round. Uh, I thought Croatia uh, were pretty gallant uh, in their performance, obviously. Um, they shut up shop, they kept it tight, and they took Brazil to extra time. Once they got behind, I thought they were in trouble. Uh, but, you know, they didn't let Brazil get that second, and they just stayed around long enough to get that break. Um, obviously, their goal took a bit of a deflection, but you make your own luck if you stay in those games, so well done to Croatia. Um, Morocco, uh, superb defensive display, um, deserved winners in the end. Um, Netherlands, Argentina, probably the best game of the World Cup I've ever seen, uh, just as it looked like it was over. Um, Louis van Gaal makes that substitution, comes on, scores two goals, um, phenomenal. So. Uh, Unlucky to the Dutch, um, I think they uh, would have been worthy semi-finals had they got there. Uh, England, France, um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a disappointing one for me and uh, all the English fans out there. I thought England were actually a better team. Uh, I don't think England were really helped in the first half of a few of the calls. Um, don't think that goal probably should have stood, um, and possibly uh, Kane should have had a penalty in the first half as well. Uh, I think England probably need to learn the dark arts a bit of football um, to get those calls to go their way. Um, but the French, you know, they took their moment um, in the second half when it came, when the game uh, looked like it was only heading to one conclusion. It did look like it was going to be uh, an England win. Um, you know, England were all over the French, but, you know, the French had their championship uh, quality and uh, pains me to say fair play to them. Uh, they're going to be an incredibly hard team to beat for the rest of the tournament. Um, so, yeah, disappointing one for England, but... Um, Onto the Euros in 2024. Thanks, Tom. Hopefully, you guys can hear me all right from the corner of a Vietnamese backpackers, I think. All right, game by game, and you guys share your thoughts as well. So, the first game of the quarterfinals was Croatia knocking out Brazil sensationally. Penalties it went to after it was nil all in regulation time. That's why the mixed matchup lost. We got a game going to extra time outside of that one, but we needed Brazil to win in 90, and I thought that was probably the safest result of any of the four matches, but Brazil were restricted all game. You can't even say that Brazil missed a lot of chances in that one. It, it felt like they didn't have a lot of chances 
and it goes to extra time, you know, still time to win the match, but obviously you get nervous when you're in extra time. The underdog is going to want to play for penalties, but Brazil thinks they've won it through a moment of brilliance, through their main man, Neymar, and it it looked to me like they they kind of emotionally were starting to prepare for a, a semi-final. They kind of felt like they'd won it. They broke through. That was the first goal scored in extra time in this World Cup. So up until now, every extra time period was goalless and every extra time game had gone to penalties. And this one looked like we were going to get the decider. But no, Croatia equalised with their first shot on target, not just any shot on target. It was deflected as well. So a fair bit of luck involved. Now it was just all the pressure in the world on Brazil because they were expected to win it and also because they kind of had it won by getting themselves in front in that one. And you go into the shootout. And, you know, even in the shootout, Croatia had one penalty squeezed inside the post. Brazil had one that hit the inside of the post, comes out. You can question their tactics, perhaps, of Brazil. Neymar, their number one penalty taker, he was slated to take the fifth shot. Well, Brazil didn't get a fifth shot. They were already knocked out 4-2 on pens before that came up. So maybe um, you've got to tweak your order, especially if the shootout's not going um, the way you'd hope. But, um, yeah, not many people saw that coming. We didn't. We weren't big believers in Croatia. I'll speak a little bit more about Croatia when I preview that semi-final where they will beat Argentina, who also advanced on penalties. Tom talking about how that was the game of the tournament for him. Uh, it was an absolutely wild one. It looked like Argentina just had it in the bag and then all hell broke loose in the last 10 minutes on the back of the substitution by Van Hal, as Tom mentioned. Look, they both had their moments. They both had their periods in this game. There were periods of the game early where Netherlands looked just as good, if not on top. And then Argentina seemed to have control of the match. The opening goal, beautiful ball threaded by Messi, no-look pass. And then Messi doubles the lead, gets the penalty, and at 2-0 for Argentina, it's effectively game over. Uh, I always feel like, you know, when there's one kick in it, then anything can happen, as we've seen in a lot of these finishes and games. But when you're up two, you're usually safe. And Argentina just looked to try and kill the game and sat totally back when the Dutch obviously then were invited in to put pressure on them. And the Dutch just peppering the Argentine box in the air. And they did get one back in the air through the substitute. And then, of course, they won the free kick in about the 98th and 99th minute. So eighth or ninth minute of added time, final minute of added time, won the free kick in a very dangerous position, just a couple of metres outside the box. But um, Jesus takes balls to play a set play like that for the free kick. I don't know if anyone's going to remember this, but I remember that was Argentina's trick used against them. Argentina scored a goal from a free kick in very similar fashion in the 98 World Cup. You can look that up on YouTube. Against England in a knockout stage, they actually scored a free kick where everyone thought it was going to be a direct shot and it was a pass to somebody just inside uh, inside the box. And that's what Netherlands did. And suddenly with the final kick of the game, it's 2 all. And I thought that Argentina was screwed. I thought at that point, how do they pick themselves up? Because they essentially had to win the game twice. Could they recover from that? Whereas the Dutch would have all the momentum. In fact, Argentina played the better football in extra time. They did recover. They did respond. Could have nearly won it in extra time. Had a shot in the final kick of the 30-minute added period. That hit the post. Funnily enough, just like the Spanish player, Sarabia, who hit the post of the final kick of extra time, um, I think it was... Fernandez, who then also was the one player who missed a penalty for his team. So you're thinking, I could have won it in um, extra time and been the hero. Now I've got to step up and take a penalty. But that was the only penalty Argentina uh, missed. And Martinez came up huge in goals for the Argentines. And 
ultimately allowed them to win the penalty shootout and progress. And I did tip Argentina to qualify. Now, that's nothing special. It's like a dollar sixty-two or something. But in a, in a pretty crazy weekend, I was happy to at least get away with getting a, a call correct there in the group. Um, next game, Morocco, Portugal. So another stunner. And I just thought Morocco scored against the run of play in the first half and were able to just withstand pressure. And they are a truly cohesive team that is just connected and just runs all day. And I thought they might run out of petrol in this one, but they were playing on emotion and they were able to get in, uh, hang in there. Ronaldo, again, didn't start the game. He did come on in the second half. Again, Portugal, I didn't think, created a great deal of chances. They did have one or two, easily could have leveled it up. Morocco had a red card, so if the game went to extra time, Portugal probably would have overwhelmed them, but Morocco lasted in regulation, and the run continues. I mean, I thought tipping them $11 to make the quarters was something special, but I think they were 35 or 40 to 1 to make the semis, and I did actually say to a couple of the boys before the second round, don't, don't call me crazy, I would have a little bit on Morocco at 126 to 1. So that was a bet we took... Um, two games ago. I mean, still going to take a lot. And I, I don't know what they've got left to offer. But again, I'll talk about Morocco against their opponent, who is France, who prevailed against England 2-1. And look, I am gutted because I tipped England pre-tournament uh, to win it. And I kind of feel I still maintain they might have been the best team at the World Cup. And they're going home after the quarterfinals. And I think they would have also been favourites to win the whole thing right now, as France are helped out by getting that um that amazing draw of playing Morocco. You never could have your wildest dreams think that that's who you'd have to beat, all respect to Morocco, but to have to get past them and you're into a World Cup final. And that's why France are $2.10 for the tournament right now and England would be in that vicinity, that price vicinity as well. Look, it's kind of the type of game we expected. Like, it was anybody's game. It was a high-quality game. It ebbed and flowed. So, again, like Netherlands, Argentina, both teams had their periods. And I felt like, if anything, England had more prolonged positive periods where they controlled the game. Now, maybe that's because they conceded a goal 20 minutes in and then they were forced to try and go for it. Now, forced to play a little bit more positively. And even that goal 20 minutes in by Chuamende, like, that's a that's a nearly a 30-metre strike. So that's kind of out of nowhere. Uh, maybe Pickford's got to do better and, and keep that out. But at the end of the day, England gets awarded two penalties. Tom mentioned they might have had a third. I kind of agree. I think there was a pretty strong case. Saka was fouled and England probably should have had a penalty in the first half. But at the end of the day, the second penalty England got was pretty lucky just because it's a total brain snap by Fernandez or Hernandez to um to barge over Mount and give away and gift a penalty there. And look, England couldn't score in open play while France scored twice and had a couple of other really good chances too. I mean, both sides are good chances. So I think back to Kane turned his man, had a one-on-one with the keeper, couldn't lift it over him. But I also think Giroud, who was sensational again, they haven't missed Benzema at all. Uh, Giroud scores twice, but also had a volley right in front of goal, could have scored. So I think Graysman was massive as well for the French. And um, it's people jump to conclusions about who, like the team that won did everything right, the team that lost, this is all the reasons why they lost. At the end of the day, you know, obviously... I mentioned England got two penalties. They scored the first one. The second one goes over the bar. If that goes in, who knows what could happen? Could we have extra time? We could have had penalties as well. And that's why it hurts for England. But that's how it goes in these competitions. You know, people don't remember how close so many other teams may have been. 
And as I said in the last show, you go to penalty shootouts, it's virtually a lottery. And I mean, that England-France game didn't go to penalty shootouts, but it's another one where I feel like it was so, um, it, it was on a knife edge and um, both teams had high quality chances and just the French took theirs and deserved to advance. And just on that note, um, you have to indulge me. I do want to talk about just the media reaction and the mainstream media reporting and uh, dissecting these results because it kind of does relate to betting and betting markets because the narratives and the headlines that come out of these games feed into what the odds are and public perception and what's available in the marketplace. And I listen to a bunch of pods. I watch like uh, pre-game shows, uh, post-game shows, interviews, just to hear, you know, what everyone makes of the games. And it's like, I'm instantly hearing, oh, Van Gaal should never coach Holland again. If you go back to the Holland, uh, Holland-Argentina game and how they failed. And the same as England. Um, Southgate can't take them any further. So, you know, England needs a new manager. Where can we get a new manager? And I dead said, I'm certain that these same journalists and pundits that say this about Netherlands, um, oh, the manager's got to go. If like two penalties go differently and it's Netherlands in the semifinals now and it's Argentina gone, they'd be giving no credit to Argentina whatsoever. They'd be saying why Argentina failed and they'd be giving all the credit in the world to Van Gaal and they'd be saying that his substitution that he made at the end of the game was genius and he'd be called a genius and he'd be applauded. But you lose a penalty shootout and now he's not good enough and he's failed. So why can't people understand that like a lot of these things are coin tosses and could go either way and it just seems like everything has to be reported in complete absolutes and everything has to be an overreaction and an over-exaggeration. So, I mean, again, Netherlands were underdogs and they took it, you know, 120 minutes against Argentina. England were underdogs as well and lost in irregulation, but, again, could have easily uh, on a different day that could have gone their way. If anyone should be under pressure, it should probably be Brazil because they, with their talent level, certainly should have won that game in 90, um, if not 120, you know. So, um I think back to last World Cup, England made the semi-finals and it was called a great achievement. But don't forget that England beat Colombia in the round of 16 on penalties. If they go out there, it would have been an epic failure. But no, they squeezed past Colombia last World Cup, then got the luck of the draw and played Sweden in the quarterfinals, took care of business there, got to a semi, lost as a favourite to Croatia, but that was called an incredible job. This time around, England lost to the world champions, arguably tougher than anybody that they faced last World Cup and it's suddenly not good enough and they've choked. So, yeah, again, I think um, a lot of these storylines get simplified and um, you just have to have your fair share of luck to get through in the tournament. Every team that is sitting in the tournament uh, still remaining has had theirs. Let's get one more word on how the quarters went and a little look ahead to the semis from a betting market perspective with our show sponsor, Tristan here. Hey punters, it's Tristan here from Top Sport, coming to you live from the Sporting Globe, watching the NFL at the moment. But uh, just a little video for the FIFA World Cup. Obviously we're down to four teams and what a run Morocco have got on. Uh, they've been phenomenal. We're obviously cheering them. They're by far and away our biggest result. We just lose on Argentina and, uh, and France. Um, and in Croatia, actually, one of our customers had a decent play at them at 100 to 1, so they're just, they're just chop out. So we haven't got a terrible position at the moment. Obviously, Morocco would be massive. I'm certain there'll be a few more wages between now and when the, uh, the semi-finals kick off. Uh, the, the quarter-finals themselves, we had, as expected, two good results on the Brazil and the Morocco uh, matches. They, they were both very handy results for us, knocked out a lot of multis. 
The other two were slight losers. The uh, Argentina Netherlands game was it was a pretty balanced book, but uh, there were a few people that lobbed on Argentina to go through, and then France were, were supported against England. So all in all, it was a um, it, it was a winning batch of quarterfinals, but those last couple were were pretty even. Just looking at the futures as well. The golden ball and the golden boot, they're, they're both look like a pretty much a race or two with Mbappe and Messi. Uh, West End Mbappe for, for a significant amount in the uh, golden ball, so we're hoping Morocco might be able to get the job done and Messi might be able to sneak through. So um, good luck if you're having a wager over the weekend and as always, gamble responsibly. So let's talk about the first semi final, which will be uh, early morning Wednesday Aussie time, and it is Argentina Croatia, and I will give the first word on that one to Tom. Yeah, so first uh, semi-final of the World Cup, Argentina-Croatia. So this is a repeat of the group match from 2018, and Croatia actually stunned the world on this one 3-0. Uh, I remember at the time, I was actually one of the people who thought Croatia could win that game. I just had seen a few things from Argentina that made me think that they were a bit off. And this was the game of the last World Cup that really blew Croatia's cover as an underdog uh, in my eyes. Once they got this result under the bag, people started to look at them and go, wow, they can actually play. I think this time around, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a different uh, set of circumstances. Um, obviously, Croatia have played extra time in two straight games. Um, they now become the penalty shootout kings. Um, I actually thought uh, Croatia, you know, we're going to be very tired for this game. Uh, but the more I think about it, you know, it's a World Cup semi-final, I actually think. It might not be as good as people think unless we get to extra time again. Another thing as well is Argentina have actually picked up a few yellow card suspensions, so they'll be able to have a few uh, pieces for their semi-final. So it's not, you know, Messi or Martinez in goal, but there are a few pieces. So Argentina do come back to the pack a tiny bit in terms of that. I do think Argentina uh, will win. Um, I think defensively um, they're good enough. They've just got to stop avoiding these silly lapses. So against both Netherlands and Argentina, they've been up 2-0. Um, and really, at 2-0 for a team of that calibre, it should be game over. But they've let them back in and they've ended up you know, holding on and it's ended up being a lot tighter than necessary. But I think here against the Croatian side, who I don't think are that great going forward, um, I think Argentina can get it done. I think it will likely be 1-0. Maybe 2 0, but I don't see a blowout. And I think Argentina need to get this defence uh, better. Um, you can't go into a final against France and be offering up uh, chances like they have been. So, yeah, I, um, I lean towards Argentina in this one. Sorry about the sound um, situation there, obviously. I hope it's all right. You might have had to adjust your sound when you're listening to Tom, and I know there's a little bit of a uh, Background noise there as well. The odds quote: Argentina dollar seventy seven in regulation, three thirty five the draw. Croatia five thirty, and Argentina's around. From memory, I don't have it in front of me, but around dollar thirty seven or so to progress. So fairly solid favourites, but that's about the same price I think Portugal was to progress in the quarterfinal last time, for example. So uh, it's no sure thing. Uh, look, Croatia, what can you say? They've advanced through two straight shootouts. I'd love to hear what you guys reckon, if anyone out there has a strong opinion or a bet on this game. Um, you can actually look at all of Croatia's games and say they drew against uh, Belgium, and Belgium was a bit of a mess, and they drew against Morocco. But then again, you might give credit for an ill or draw against Morocco, more so in their opening game now that we know how good Morocco is. Another way of looking at it is Croatia's only beaten one team so far this World Cup in 90 minutes, and that was Canada. So. 
Um, at the end of the day, they're here because they got past the hottest team in the whole World Cup, which shows how they can stay in front of the ball and they can defend. And they got past Brazil. And so if you can upset Brazil, then you've got a chance against Argentina. And it's so funny to me how Croatia, nobody really picked them last World Cup. They were 40 to 1 and made it all the way to the final with their golden generation team, Modric, player of the tournament. And then this World Cup, they've still snuck up on us all again. Even though they were the runners-up, we all had to see what they did last time. We still all said, there's no way they'll do that again. They're not as good. Everyone's older. And they kind of have done it again. Now, they haven't made the final yet. It's possible we could get a repeat of the 2018 final. We'll see. Argentina are favourites. Tom likes Argentina. And I side with him as well. I think Argentina should be too classy. Again, I'm still not a huge believer in Croatia, but obviously they have proven me wrong um, more than one occasion so far. Uh, moving to the second quarter final, where France are up against Morocco. Again, can you believe Morocco is in the semi final? I'm sure nobody had this final for France for $1.50 to uh, win in regulation. The draw $4, Morocco $7.50. Those are right around the odds. Where are similar to the odds of when Morocco played Spain, to give you some reference. And we know that Morocco got that one into extra time and actually all the way to penalties and, of course, won that. The Moroccan keeper, Bono, he's probably the favourite for the Golden Glove at this point. I'm going to talk a little bit about Golden Ball and Golden Boot as well to finish off. Um, but I've given you the odds there. I have got one more clip from Tom. So, again, hopefully this one will come through all right with the audio. Let's hear about what Tom uh, thinks of this one. Morocco. Uh, Morocco and France. Um, yeah. First of all, um, congratulations to Morocco. First African team ever to make the semi-final of the World Cup. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, I think everyone uh, in football has always wanted to see a strong Africa um, doing well at these World Cups. and um, It's really important, I think, that Morocco have got through to um, the semi-finals because at the next World Cup, Africa are actually getting more teams, so to justify them getting more teams, I think you needed to see a few performances from the African sides at this World Cup, and we've definitely seen that. Um, to the game itself, um, yeah, it's going to be a tricky one for Morocco because they've actually picked up a few injuries, suspensions, um, so they're going to go into against the French um, with even less troops on deck. But. You know, football is a funny game. They showed against Portugal that they can, you know, keep um, a quality side out uh, for a long period of time. They made Portugal look second rate uh, for long periods of that game. Portugal didn't look like scoring, in my opinion, really, except for one chance towards the very end. Um, you know, and they and they kept out Spain. Um, they did a job on Belgium uh, and Canada as well. So, yeah, um, you know, if you're Moroccan, uh, time to be excited. The French show like we saw last night, unfortunately, I think they've got a bit too much class and they do know how to take them uh, opportunities when it comes to them. Uh, Theo Hernandez uh, could be a possible spot where Morocco could get after. He looked like he had no clue what he was doing um, against Saka. So if Morocco are brave and they're willing to commit um, men forward, he could be a possible area they could get after the French. Uh, all in all, I could see this very similar to um, perhaps how France and Iceland played uh, in the 2016 Euros. I could see, I could actually see a bit of a blowout win here for the French. I could just see the resistance being broken early on, and then Morocco could be forced to go after the game. And then from there, I think against your likes of Mbappe, Griezmann, and Giroud, you don't really want to be uh, leaving the space open. And I think it could be um, a bit of pain and suffering for Morocco, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope Morocco. And get to the final. 
Um, I'd love to see uh, a Morocco uh, team in the final. Um, and yeah, it would it'd be something to see because uh, once you're in the final, anything can happen. But uh, yeah, enjoy the game and uh, see you next time. Thanks again to Tom, sharing his thoughts all tournament and even on holidays, not taking a break, uh, joining us and giving us his breakdown and his insights on the matches. So there you have it. Again, let us know how you reckon these got these games are going to go. And isn't it crazy, uh, this sport, you know, Morocco, again, um, the African Cup of Nations was only in January this year. And Morocco didn't make the semifinals of that. And that's only Africa. They were out in the quarterfinals, I think, on a penalty shootout. So, again, that kind of allowed them to come a little bit more under the radar into this World Cup and other African sides were more highly fancied, such as Senegal, um, who won the African Cup of Nations. But, in fact, Morocco becomes the first ever African country to make it this far in the World Cup. And the way they've played, you can't write them off in this one either because I, even though I really love this side... And I could tell, or I thought to myself after 45 minutes of the opening game of the World Cup against Croatia, I thought, yeah, this looks like a side that can really play. Um, but I didn't necessarily think that they would be able to sustain it. And so I was surprised as anyone when they got the upset against Portugal. So I still can't tip Morocco or with the goal handicap in this one because, you know, there are a lot of teams that have the fairy tale run, but you get to a point where you haven't got much more to give. And obviously France have got that depth and Tom spoke about how Morocco's um, sustained injuries, suspensions as well, at least in their favour. They didn't have to play the extra 30-minute period in the quarterfinal against Portugal. They actually got the upset in 90 minutes. Um, and again, they'll, I'm sure they'll be playing with a lot of passion and emotion and, um, and there's no pressure on them and it's a bit of a celebration and all the pressure's on France, but you've got to feel like France have got to be happy with themselves getting over England, who they knew could be the toughest challenge on the, that whole side of the draw. And they're here, to, they mean business. And Mbappe, who we're going to talk about, is the favourite to win the Golden Ball, which is player of the tournament. And I'll talk about uh, player of the tournament and Golden Boot. In fact, Mbappe's favourite to win the Golden Boot as well, which is top goal scorer. Um, and so, and he, I felt like England didn't do a bad job of containing Mbappe, as I mentioned in the England-France game, the two guys that got him home was really more so Giroud and, and Griezmann. And that just goes to show the class that they've got. They've got multiple players that can hurt you. Morocco has some class as well. Um, they're not at the same level as France, but you don't necessarily have to be in this sport to win on your given day. So wouldn't it be unbelievable if Morocco could get a step further? I'll be kind of cheering for them, um, but I can't necessarily see it. So I didn't have a bet in either direction on that one, but I have come up with a mixed matchup. So why don't I share the mixed matchup now? And I just reckon this is a great value bet and worth playing unless you kind of strongly believe in Croatia, whereas Tom and I both think that Argentina is going to get the job done. And as I just look around on my screen, I realise I, I don't think I've got the graphic for it, but let me just explain it. It's a pretty simple um, mixed matchup this time around, it is Argentina to score the fastest goal of the semifinalists. So that's paying $3.50 on Top Sport. You can have up to 100 on it and use the promo code TRIPOD if you still haven't got yourself a top of your account. Think about it this way. There's only four semifinalists, and this is going to go based on the lowest minute that any goal is scored in either of these semifinals. 
So it's not like um, because Argentina and Croatia play first that whoever scores first wins this. Whoever scores first in Argentina-Croatia is going to be the fastest goal until the second game. And if there's a goal in an earlier minute, that becomes the fastest goal of semifinals. But at $3.50, we've got the clear second favourite here. So Argentina are about $1.60 or so to be the first team to score against Croatia. Again, I'm still kind of selling on Croatia, and I still think Argentina may be a team of destiny. And Barney commented that earlier, that it just feels like it's all set up for Argentina. I mean, they've had some luck, sure, but I, I really was impressed by their resiliency and their their answer, their ability to respond under that pressure cooker when they had kind of thrown the game away against Netherlands. They were the better team in extra time, as I said. So 350 to be the first team to score. Obviously, you're looking for maybe a first-half goal against Croatia, and then you're going to hope that nobody scores earlier than that in the France-Morocco game, France being the most likely side to open the scoring against Morocco. So a pretty juicy one, and that'll be our last mixed matchup probably for the year because it's the last time we've got multiple games on a betting preview to dive into. So we've come up with something that as long as Argentina scores first in the Wednesday game, we'll have something that we can share through that game and into the next one as well. We'll see how we go. Um, let us know what you reckon of that one. Let's have a quick peek at a couple of the player um, markets as well, player awards. Here I've got this is – sorry, I can't read it very well. I think I've got player of the tournament, so golden ball where Mbappe is $1.95 to Messi two twenty five. So the way I see it, people are interested with player of the tournament or if you're riding – you know, one of these guys and you're thinking kind of what's my chances. Um, I definitely think that Messi or Mbappe, they have to make the final. So I think if Argentina lose to Croatia, you can't give player of the tournament to Messi. If France lose to Morocco, as great as Mbappe has been so far, he can't win it. So they've got to make the final. Now, if they make the final and it is France-Argentina, which is the most likely final, then maybe it comes down to who wins. So maybe you've got to win the tournament and you're going to be, and that'll decide who wins player of the tournament. But France are paying 210 to win the tournament and Mbappe's $1.95. Argentina's 260 to win the tournament. Messi's 225. I wouldn't really play Mbappe at $1.95 because I think France have got to win the tournament for him to win it. Whereas Messi, I could see it being his last tournament. I could see if Argentina, even if they were to lose to France, it would be France back-to-back -back World Cup champions. Lots of stars in that team getting it done. As I mentioned, Giroud, Griezmann. Whereas with Argentina, it kind of begins and ends with Messi. So I could see Messi being awarded it because voted awards is always, you know, a bit of voted discretion in there. Mbappe's got many more years of his career to win many more awards and dominate many more tournaments. I could see a scenario where Messi gets that. So I think you play, if you like Argentina, you play Messi um, to be the golden ball winner. And obviously, if they win the tournament, it's a slam dunk. He's going to get it. If they're runner-up to France, he may still get it. Now, if, like, in a crazy scenario, like Morocco wins the World Cup and upsets Argentina in the final, maybe people won't vote for Messi because they'll say, oh, he should have got it done. And that leads me to the uh, longer shots in the field, like Modric, Amrabat, uh, Ziyech. I, think, I don't think these guys have been as elite as Mbappe and Messi so far, but if they win the World Cup, and anyone who's gotten this far in the tournament can win the World Cup, of course, because we know that in this sport, even if you dominate on a day, it doesn't guarantee you victory. So 
I mean, if Croatia wins this World Cup, can you deny Modric? Uh, and the same for Morocco. Can you give it to a non-Moroccan player if they win the World Cup? So that's probably what it would take for those guys. But I do think it's a two-horse race, as the market suggests. And Golden Boot, we might have here as well. I can't. Let me see. You guys can let me know if you can read that. Um, sorry, I feel like I've lost my Golden Boot um, graphic. Uh, golden Boot, Mbappe is a dollar fifty. He has five goals. Messi and Giroud. Messi's like three eighty with four goals, and Giroud is about seven dollars with four goals. And for me, I'm thinking Giroud. If the damn wall breaks and if France get a few against Morocco, Giroud's in, in goal-scoring forms. We saw last match, he's the centre forward. Mbappe could could play provider. And um, and the thing about playing someone at $7, you do get dead heat rules applying. So even if he ends up level with Mbappe, that's like a $3.50 winner, you know, for example. So that's the way I'd probably look at that. Sorry, I feel like I've... Um, set myself up with the golden ball graphic twice. I didn't have that there. But um, as I say, $1.50 for Mbappe leading the way with five goals. Let us know your thoughts as always. Appreciate everyone tuning in. I was barbecuing alone tonight. But I hope you've enjoyed the tournament. I hope that this show that we've put together has added to your tournament enjoyment somewhat and setting the table um, because it's been a phenomenal tournament and with lots of twists and turns. And the semifinals feel predictable, but how could anyone have the nerve to say that after what we've witnessed so far. So it should be exciting no matter no matter really who gets through. Um, looking forward to the games, looking forward to watching some of these superstars do their thing. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Hope uh, Mixed Matchup gives us a good shot. Good luck if you back it. Gamble responsibly as always. Good luck with any of your punting or if your nation remains among the four that has the chance to lift the cup. Again, thanks for joining me. I'm going to do the World Cup final and third place playoff hunting preview on Thursday night. So I'll see you guys again live then. But until then, have a great week, guys. Lego.